Hello, I'm Nina Schattenkirk. Thank you very much for coming to Talk Popsy. And your name is? Uh, Ariane Tolls. Wonderful. Yeah. All right, so we are, as you know, right, um, uh, doing this topic, the series on art and artist cognition. So mm-hmm. people say amazingly different things, right, and different takes on what you think happens when you look at art, mm-hmm. right? People talk about different kinds of art. So tell me what, what you care about, what you do, what you think. Um, I mean, there's so many ways to answer that question, but the first thing that comes to mind is um, I'm reading this book called uh, The Undercommons by uh, Stefano Harney and Fred Moten. And so say it again, the name? It's called The Undercommons. Undercommons? Yeah. Okay. And uh, it's about a lot of different things, but uh, one of the ideas that runs through it is just this, uh, so it's, it's a very like political book, and a lot of what they talk about is this notion of a general antagonism, which, you know, is, is you know, kind of like this, I'm not going to do the theory justice, but yeah. it's kind of like this approach to living one's life in this way that is resistant to like uh, very solid and unchanging notions of identity you know it's kind of like open-ended approach to one's identity and a refusal of categorization and uh and it's this really just like fascinating book and this really really interesting way of thinking of the world and of politics so what do you mean a refusal of categorization? Like, do you mean like liberal conservative? Like, what do you mean? I think it, it generally entails. So they, I, I was actually just like in this book, like the, this notion of the general antagonism kind of runs through all these, all of these different things that they talk about. And I think it's very intentionally not uh, completely defined. Okay. Um, but as it relates to identity, I think it has to do more so with the notion of of resisting categorization and reducibility and about one's relation to the state and and being categorizable uh, specifically for the ends of of state power. You okay. Know? Okay. Um, so that you can be easily manipulated in that way if right, you're part of right. a category. And, yeah. to be, and to be seen in a particular light or reducible in yeah. a particular way. Yeah. And and it's kind of this approach to, to politics, which kind of aims to get around the whole notion of politics by resisting not just like, you know, power or authority, but resisting in this way that seeks to ask completely different questions than the kind of questions that would stem from a critique of those things. And, uh, and anyway, in, in all of this theory, there's a lot of talk about jazz and, um, like I love jazz and I love free jazz. And, uh, what I love about it is the way in which it opens up all of this kind of conceptual space while you're listening to it. You know, there's, there's something beautiful about improvisation and about these moments in which uh, so many, you know, these people are, are collaborating in this very open-ended way yeah. and kind of breaking off and coming back together in this, in this way that is, that is really open and, and fascinating. 
And I think, um, I don't know, to me, that's what I love about art. And, and I think, you know, art that I, that really moves me or that I find to be really successful is the kind that, you know, opens up all of this possibility. And in a sense, like, you know, one of the things that I really like about jazz is this idea that like, you know, within all of this noise, you can kind of find go, your way. Yeah. You can get into it and you yeah. can think about just what you're hearing. And, and I don't know, I, I don't even know if I have words to describe it really, yeah. but I think what it does is it, it, it kind of exposes how arbitrary our desire for harmony and for all of these things are. And, and so whenever that, you know, kind of cacophony comes together and there is harmony that, that seems to flow pretty organically, it just exposes something in you as a listener about the way that you listen. And so in so many ways, you're not just listening, but you're, you're listening to, you're, you're engaging the whole process of listening in this way that I think is, it, there's a lot of potential there. You know. so, all right, so let me. This is interesting. Sorry, so let me give this back to you a little bit, right? So, this the first like sort of like more political sociological part of it about identity, right? I, I remember and you probably know this is David Hume's notion of bundle theory of identity. So we don't really have an I in that mm. way. It's kind of like a series of identities that we have, sure. right? But but your idea was that there was something liberating in all kinds of ways, right? Freedom inducing. To not just categorize your identity in terms of being this box that you can check and that box that you can check, but instead kind of finding what's unique about you and your own kind of individuality and your own identity that's a little bit more flexible. Is that right? Sure, that's certainly part right. of it. But then what jazz does and what art in general does, but particularly the jazz, right, the free form jazz, right, is that, and it is true, because the nice thing about that kind of work sort of like abstract art, you kind of just fall into it, yeah. right? You fall into it and you agree to fall, mm -hmm. right? You agree to kind of be lost and there's a trusting moment in that, right? Because you're going to just kind of find your way through it, right? Right? And you, and it's, it is cool, right? The way you described it is cool because one person steps up to the plate and does a riff and then Another person, it's like a conversation in that way. Then another mm -hmm. person responds and comes back. But then it seemed to me that what you were doing was that you were locating almost the space between those people. Mm -hmm. The space between those people. And that you could find yourself in the space between those people in a way that was freer and yeah. non-categorized. Right. Right? Right. And that your identity could be built up then with that kind of... I don't know. Sur surfing is the wrong word, but no, I think I think it's it's that, kind of right. Is that the right? Yeah, There's yeah. there was some kind of like, uh, yeah, I'm like flowing over here yeah. and then flowing over it's there. Like the state of being unresolved, you know. Yeah, the state of being unresolved, yeah. right, right, and that living with that lack. That's the word, unresolved, yeah. Yeah. right? It's living with yourself as an unresolved thing, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right? that allows you to not be categorized. Right. Right? Is yeah. that the key? Yeah. Ah. Yeah. And so, you know, I think art, it, some, the kind of art that I respond to, for sure, it, 
opens it, it to me it exposes all of that possibility you know and in there being this kind of like open-ended way you could approach things you know be it from like a visual or a musical standpoint i have just always been moved by this idea of kind of um of just this this ability to to create but also to stay in that unresolved space and to really uh open up the idea that you know so much of what so much of the way in which we like learn to make sense of the world and to look at things and to appreciate certain forms and to even see some things as recognizable as a given form is you know it's useful but it's not exactly indicative of the way that things are yeah beyond our ability to use these things in that way yeah i think that's so it's that sort of a phenomenal noumenal distinction right Right. like you know so we'll have this sort of phenomenal ability mm, i should say that different ability to manipulate the phenomenal reality right Mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean that we got it doesn't mean it's reality right yeah so true right 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 yeah and so like i think you know that idea of of being open to possibility and of seeing things differently has pretty radical implications in so many different ways you know, and it's not just on the individual sense or in the artistic sense, but, you know, in how people come together and how people share space and how people conceive of of how they live with one another. Tell me that. Tell me that. Well, you know, I mean, I, I spent a lot of time um, in like DIY spaces and artist communes and things like that, mm-hmm. you know, and I think a lot of that is just rooted in the idea that like, you know, you have a a home, but it's more than just a home, you know, and uh, they they actually talk a little bit about this in the undercommons, the notion of of um of being broke and of being broken and of the home being this thing, you know, for which you know, especially in terms of one's relationship to the quote unquote state, um you know, being a homeowner, being someone who lives in a home versus being someone who is homeless, mm-hmm. you know th- those are those are uh, areas of categorization that make it uh, th- that make someone you know visible or legible, and in some ways, right? Like you know, we walk past homeless people all the time, and we don't necessarily see them, you know. And and that's just one of the ways of thinking about this notion of being visible and legible. And I don't know. I I, I I'm enamored of the idea that one's home should be or or it could mean a number of different things you know and i think that within that there is a lot of potential to say uh throw some concerts in your living room and to have a bunch of strangers in your house and to use your house as a space for community that brings people together because it kind of loosens things up a little bit right 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 right. and it leaves room for all of this possibility whereas you know reinterpreting right right and re-experiencing and for people to come together which i do believe is is really important you know so um there's a book that came out a few years ago that you might be interested in, in by a philosopher called Andy Clark, called mm-hmm. Surfing Uncertainty. Mm-hmm. And it seems like it's kind of like, and, and he was talking about more sort of neurological cognitive processes, but you know how our thinking is in many ways based on uncertainty. Mm-hmm. And we just kind of, we not just 
and this isn't him, this is other people, right? We kind of make it up as we go along, right? A lot of recent neurological research shows that, right? Mm-hmm. You know, we don't really see stuff, sure, right? We just kind of, you know, make it up as we go along. Right. But what you're seem to be advocating here is a kind of psychological point of view of accepting that yeah. uncertainty and also having that translate into our relationships with other people, mm-hmm. right? So it seems like that what you're saying is not just don't put yourself in that categorized box, but don't put others in that categorized box and let them merge a little bit next to you and right. refigure those categories or definitions out as you go along. Right. Right. right? Yeah. I mean, it's... This, and you think art does that? I think it has the potential to, uh-huh. you know, and I think that, you know, it's a, it's a certain kind of thinking, um, you know, like when you're sitting and you're listening to jazz, it's different than, uh, you know, other forms of, of music where there's a defined structure and you're waiting for the chorus to come in and there's the break and, you know, this kind of traditional yeah. way of building music. Right. I think it sets up a parameters that accept uncertainty. Right. Right. Yeah, I think you're right about that. That is super interesting area. I really appreciate this so much. Of course. Thank you so much. (laughs) Thank you. All right, great.